Bailey, what time in history would you consider to be the absolute worst time to be alive? Honestly, I lost 20 bucks last week, so I would say now. Now's pretty not great for me. That does suck. Uh, How'd you lose the 20 bucks? Well, if I knew, it wouldn't be lost. Now would it? Oh my god, that was so bad. Okay, uh, that's not the right answer. No. It was 535 to 536 AD. That was going to be the obvious next answer. Thank you so much. That was entrapment. Uh, Sorry about that. Let's all learn from our mistakes. So this period of roughly 18 months was, to put it mildly, not a good time. Sixth century historians and scholars documented a dimming blue sun that barely shone for four hours a day. The moon... Mood lighting. Yeah. Oh, that's a romantic way to put what I'm about to tell you. You know, I always like to look at the bright side or the dim side. (laughs) Okay. Sorry. So sorry. Please continue. Okay. So the moon was less vibrant, the ocean more violent, and the dry winter seemingly endless. Without rain, there were no crops and famine soon set in. Many birds and wildlife died off. Korea, China, Japan, the Americas, Europe, Africa, and Australia were all impacted by this strange and catastrophic event. This is less romantic than you initially let on. Big yikes. I kind of feel like starting it off with what time in history would you consider to be the absolute worst was not setting us up for romance, but to each their own. We have differing opinions. Uh, I think I know where this is going. Oh, it's a disaster. I'm so intrigued. Uh, just wait. It gets worse. We are just the masters of disasters, aren't we? Calamity Janes. Tell me what happened. (laughs) Okay. So we have a couple of historical accounts of this period. So the Beishi Chronicles, the official history of the Northern Dynasties, state that in 536 AD, the province of Xi'an lost 80% of its population. 80 80 per 80%. Yeah, 80% of its population. Wow. Yeah, those are not pretty numbers. Uh, Zacharias of Mytilene chronicled that the sun began to be darkened by day and the moon by night. While the ocean was tumultuous with spray from the 24th of March in this year till the 24th of June in the following year. And as the winter was a severe one, so much so that from the large and unwanted quantity of snow the birds perished, there was distress among men from the evil things. What kind of hellish event is everyone describing? And by the way, do we know how far away the first account was from the second? Like, are these from opposite ends of the earth? Uh, well, I would assume so. So I've got one more. So, uh, Byzantine historian Procopius, upon arriving in southern Italy, documented how the sun dimmed and how frost and snow occurred in the summer. He stated, men were free neither from war nor pestilence nor any other thing leading to death. So he was in southern Italy, and then we have, though, the official history of the northern dynasties, uh, in China. So this wow it, there's a lot going on here. Uh so it's interesting because we we have these kind of mysterious accounts of what was going on. You know, the sun dimmed, the sea was so violent, even the moon looked more dim at night and uh and for the longest time we had no idea what happened. I got nothing. 
You have no opinions on the matter. You don't have any theories yourself. It turns out I also don't know what happened during that period of time. I I have no conclusions to draw. Well, some people do have a couple of theories about what might have happened. So do tell. When we started looking at some of these accounts, we uh wanted to back it up with science. We wanted to figure out what was going on. I don't know. Rumors and speculation, while often very harmful, kind of fun. Kind of fun. I agree. I mean, if you have any theories yourself, throw them out at any point. I'm all ears. Um, I don't know. Someone forgot to pay the power bill. That's the best I got. You are just full of adorable dad jokes today, aren't you? I mean, if you want to call them dad jokes, I call them grade A comedy, but <laughs> agree to disagree. That's fair. Well, to the people back in the 6th century, it must have seemed like a divine event. It was catastrophic. It was devastating in so many different ways to the people that were alive. So now that we have the science to investigate what was going on, we have a much better idea of what happened. But there are still a couple of different theories about what would have dimmed the sun uh, made the moon less vibrant, ushered in this 10-year-long winter. Because uh, we also found that during that time, temperatures fell one and a half to two and a half degrees Celsius. And we have all these countries that in the summer experienced frost and snow. That's a huge deviation from what people were typically experiencing at the time. Okay. So based on what you've told me, I now have two educated guesses, right? We've decided we need to go the scientific route. Guess number one, a volcano, right? They kick up a lot of ash. They obscure the sun, um, lots of clouds, kind of gets cold. Option number two, a polar bear fart. And I'm just throwing it out there. Polar wow. bears are cold. They are cold creatures. They're on the larger side, you know. Um, so potentially not just one, but a massive polar bear fart event. Just spitballing. Uh, I, oh, wow. Um, why don't you start investigating that particular theory? And I personally am going to lean more towards the volcano side. Um, but you know what? You, you do you. If you feel strongly about the polar bear farts, you should pursue that. All you had to say was that second one's wrong. It's very clear. Okay. You, do, you That's all you had to say? Okay. I'm sorry. Well, the volcano... You don't have to let me down easy. Okay, fine. That was a straight-up dumb, dumb idea. Okay. Wow. Harsh. I know. I'm sorry. That was inappropriate. <laughs> let's let's bring it back. Okay. Okay. Center. So, uh, the volcanic eruption theory is a good one. Uh, but there's also another theory that some people are considering, which I think you'll also find pretty interesting. So when it comes to investigating what actually happened, the two main theories are volcanic eruption and a comet. Ooh, I love a good comet story. Yes. Okay, but does anyone have a diary entry about a massive impact? Because I'm hearing a lot of I'm cold and there's no sun, but I'm not hearing a lot of fire and brimstone and the world liquefied in front of my eyes. You know what I mean? 
Yeah, I, that is an excellent point. Well, so geologist Dallas Abbott theorizes that uh, Halley's Comet could have broken up when passing the sun and spewed large pieces onto the Earth. This would have resulted in the comet's debris tail being thicker than usual and potentially causing weather disruptions. Hmm. This, I'm assuming this because it coincides with, like, um, the periodicity of Halley's Comet? Is that is that why we think it's that one in particular? Yes. So, uh, but this theory also comes from ice core samples collected from Greenland, which contain high concentrations of nickel and tin, both of which indicate extraterrestrial, sorry, both of which indicate extraterrestrial debris. So, aliens. It could also be aliens. We have an abundance of theories here. I love it. How did I know that was the one word that you would pick up from that sentence? Um, because we're sisters. Also, who doesn't think anytime anytime anyone says extraterrestrial, yes, we know it means from space, but what we want it to mean is little green men or gray men. This is true. I mean, I personally don't want it to mean that. Uh, I mean, it could spice things up. You know what I mean? Like, well, something new, someone new. This is true. I'm also afraid of everything. So that is uh, very true. (laughs) Yeah. But, you know, boldly go, Bailey. Boldly go. I'll do the hard work. So, uh, additionally, the ice cores contain ancient marine microbes. I find this really interesting. The ice cores contain ancient marine microbes commonly found in shallow tropical seas. So, Abbott thinks this was possibly the result of debris from the comet splashing into Earth's oceans and spraying dust and debris containing the living microbes high into the atmosphere where they later settled on the ice and became part of, uh, like, stratif- ooh. stratification? That's what I'm thinking of, right? That's the right word? Yeah, in the ground? Yeah, yeah, where it became part of the layers in the ice. Interesting. Now, they weren't, this is not an important point, really just my curiosity. Were they living when they landed, or this is just? No. <sighs> gotcha. Okay, they weren't, like, extremophiles that got kicked up in the air, and all of a sudden something that was living in Africa is now living in Siberia. No. From from my understanding, uh, no. They, I mean, they're at least very dead now. Well, certainly now. Okay, yeah. We, <laughs> copy that. Moving on. I don't think they're extremophiles. I do not think they're, that is what we're looking at. I, I think they were living, splash, uh, boom. And then fall. This is how I need things explained to me moving forward. Thank you. Okay. That is really good to know. Thank you for letting me know. Mm-hmm. You bet. So that doesn't seem to be the main theory, but I did think it was a really, really interesting one. Oh, why would you lead me on like that? You know I love a good comet tale. Well, that's why I included it. I just thought it was really interesting and not something that – I I don't know. I don't have much experience in this field, but not something that I would have thought of personally. But nice to think about. It's a nice to think about. It is. So we can talk about the other theory, the volcanic eruption, which I think most people hearing how the sun dimmed and all this endless, horrible winter, it's probably what most people would think happened. I know I did. I know that was my first and only guess. And you did such a good job. Thank you so much. 
Well, when volcanoes erupt, they spew sulfur, bismuth, and uh, sorry, they spew sulfur, bismuth. That, I just, oh my God, what is wrong with me? There are so many TH sounds in this episode. I know. And I think I have a teensy bit of a lisp. Um, I mean, maybe it's adorable. Oh, that's what everyone says. And it's not a no. <laughs> I've asked several other people that and they've always said, well, it's kind of cute. It's like that doesn't, I don't want it. No, it's not a no. I'm just going to be honest with you. Oh it's, it's not a no. I was not prepared to be confronted with this. Get your mic, get mouth closer to the mic. Get your lisp closer to the mic. Oh my God, no. <laughs> okay, this is great. I'm so closer. happy. I'm right here. I'm up in the mic. Good. I'm in it. Make out with it. You should be touchy touchy with the mic. Your lips on the mic. How's this? Too much. Too much. <laughs> Quit heavy breathing into your microphone. I'm not heavy breathing. You want to talk about heavy out. breathing? God. It's like that one time I went to the dentist and she was like, are you aware that your front teeth don't touch? I was like, well, now I am. See, Thank that's you. why I thought you knew you always had one because you've always known your front teeth haven't touched. Like, I haven't always known that. I didn't find that out until college. But after that, the, you know that is what makes the th sound. The th like that's what gives you your th 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 all that is touching front teeth. The lips, the teeth, the tip of the tongue. I mean, I'm telling you, it's not big. It's it's not you know. It's just like a little little one. I hate you. Don't shoot the messenger. It's fine. You know what? I had a dream last night that oh you changed. Oh my god! <laughs> that you changed that Instagram suddenly you could just like fill someone's entire screen with a picture on your Instagram, and you did that, but you hadn't tweezed or waxed or like done anything to your face in like months, and you for some reason thought it was a really good look for you, and I was like, <laughs> and I didn't say anything because I was trying to protect your feelings. Well, now you know what I would do for you is not spare your feelings and tell you the truth in a nice way. Tell me if you think I need a wax or a pluck, if you think I would want to change my appearance in that way. I mean, I've always been one to tell you that you need an upper lip wax. Or Mercilessly. Your, we know. We all know. Yes. Or your foundation know. doesn't match or it's not blended Or your hair's too stringy. We can see your extensions. You got bats in the cave, bugs in the nose. You, yes. You are relentless <sighs> with your feedback. Bringing it back. Bringing it back. Where were we? Biz Bismuth. Biz <laughs> Thank you. You just dub that one, too. Bismuth. <laughs> Thank you. Perfect. Okay. When volcanoes erupt, they spew sulfur, bismuth, and other fun things into the atmosphere that form a sort of canopy that reflects sunlight back at the sun. Mmm, which means it can't get down to earth dwellers. Exactly. So the Earth loses out on some valuable sunny time, and its tiny occupants get really chilly and really and miserable. Sad. Exactly. Eventually, those particles fall back to Earth and gently lay themselves on top of some nice, cool ice slash snow. Is where that a scientific gently lay themselves? Is that like 
a scientific description? Gentle? It was in every peer-reviewed article that I read. Are you serious? No. (laughs) I'm just, who is characterizing anything that comes out of a volcano as gentle? That's all I'm asking. Okay, moving on. That's how you characterized it. It's how I'd like to imagine it happened, okay? okay? Are we not allowed to editorialize a little bit? You can. I just think it's a weird take. <laughs> okay. All right. I was trying to add in a little bit of personality here, but you know what? <laughs> Sorry. No. Continue with your personality. Sometimes I have to choose to like you. I always love you. I don't always like you. That's something I say to my husband. It's something I say to you now. So here you go. Um. You're telling this to the person who literally moved out of the house the day you were brought home from the hospital. Okay. I don't always like you either, but I always love you. That is so true. Anyways, these particles, they fall back to Earth violently, horribly, unhappily, and they lay themselves on top of some ugly, horrible ice and snow where they're then covered up by mean more layers of ice and snow. Are you happy now? Very. (laughs) Okay. These layers and particulate matter are preserved in glaciers and other snowy areas where researchers can take ice cores. All right. Screw you. Okay. Angry ice cores. There's Aggressive ice cores. God bless it. Okay. So that's just a little bit of background for you or anyone else who is not super familiar with how we investigate uh, or find information like this in icy areas. Thank you so much. That information was invaluable. Thank you, Mo. Don't be nice to me right now. I'm, I'm not. I'm just I'm mad telling at you. you what I think. I'm just, please continue. Okay, so there are two, uh, I've seen a couple, but some of the volcanoes that are contenders for this cataclysmic event, one of which is Krakatoa, which I am so excited to cover at a later date. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I am familiar, more familiar <clears throat> with that one. Very excited. Yes, it's going to be a good one. It's a heavy hitter for sure, but a very good one. So this explanation is definitely possible. Uh, Dust from that huge of an eruption could have created a massive cloud that blocked out large portions of the sun's light. But uh, manuscripts from the 19th century talk about Krakatoa's eruption in 416 AD and not 535 AD, Mm. which is when it kind of would have lined up. So, I mean, how accurately a manuscript from the 19th century would have talked about something so much earlier than that. Who knows? Uh, But I think there are some more likely options. Go on. So the more likely option, and it seems to be one of the more widely accepted, is an Icelandic volcano. Mm, Which is not something... I'm assuming you'll get into this. I rarely think of volcanoes when I think of Iceland, but Nope, that's that's a lie. There was one. There was a pretty big eruption recently. I don't know why I just said that. It like disrupted air travel. And okay, I definitely think of volcanoes when I think of Iceland. Continue. No, I I agree with you. I mean, you wouldn't immediately if you think of Iceland, you're not immediately thinking of volcanoes. Mm-hmm. Once you put once you hear the two together, you're like, oh yeah, I remember hearing about that. It's yep, yep. 
Ice from a Swiss glacier shows that an Icelandic eruption spewed ash across the northern hemisphere in 536, with two other massive eruptions following in 540 and 547. Same volcano erupting multiple times over the course of 100, 100, what's the time span? Uh, I said 536 and then 540 and 547. Oh, so just a couple decades. That's 11 years. If you oh, want to say hundreds, one, that's fine. One decade. Honestly, <laughs> you just kept throwing these big numbers out, and I'm like, I can't do that kind of math in my head, please. You know what? I've so been there. Every single time I listen to a podcast, even if I'm really into it, if you start throwing numbers out there or you list a whole bunch of names, I don't remember that. So I try to make it a point when I tell a story like <clears> this <throat> to, to like repeat or really spell it out in any way I possibly can. Thank you so much, because I I think my brain literally turns off whenever I hear numbers because I'm like, it it's not going to retain it. So I'm just going to maximize efficiency and pay attention to the things that will help me in the future. I can relate to that so hard. We... So 11 years. We're talking about 11 years. Yes, exactly. Which is a lot of eruptions over the course of that time span. It is. Yeah. Especially large, really big eruptions. The team who examined the Swiss glacier suggests a North American, such as like an Alaskan explosion, around the same time or potentially a few years later could have dealt a double blow that induced the extended period of dark and cold. So essentially, just everything that could go wrong did go wrong. Oh, the perfect convergence of unfortunate events. Exactly. Which is how disasters happen, isn't it? I mean, that's literally mm-hmm. the definition of a disaster, how they happen. It's so true. So really just a, a really unlucky period of volcanic activity. And that's kind of where people have settled right now. It seems like it's a topic that is of great interest to, I'm sure, volcanologists and geologists as well. Just because it's so far in the past, it really had such a huge effect on how the world really came to be how it is now. And it kind of brings me to like the last point that I wanted to make about this disaster. Ancient disasters are tricky because so much can be lost in translation. And these accounts are hundreds of years old and their accuracy can't always be verified. But what I find so fascinating about them, especially this one, is that they're so impactful that entire countries and continents were affected by this. And consistent, like you said someone, I mean, that you have someone in modern day Italy and northern China having similar accounts mm-hmm. of what's going on. It's it's truly global and widespread. Exactly. And a lot of people consider this to be a catalyst for the fall of the Roman Empire. What? Yeah. So Get shortly after, here. I know, I would not have put these together, but shortly after the failing of crops during this time and the, the massive die off of wildlife and just general crappiness of oh, existence. Oh, sure. Yeah. It creates unrest and, and scarcity, like um, scarcity of goods and resources. Yeah. The plague of Justinian, which is another thing that I wanted to talk about eventually, spread and killed one-third to one-half of the eastern population of the Roman Empire. Wait, sorry. A plague also knocked yeah. people out at this time? Oh, yeah. Because there are – I read somewhere else, too, that there was a famine in Ireland around the same time. Because, I, like we said, crops were failing. And so mm-hmm. people were dying and conditions <laughs> were, were perfect for everything to go wrong. And it led to great unrest. 
This is like an ancient Final Destination movie. Like, death will stop at nothing. It will come find you, whether it is a volcano, plague, famine. Exactly. It really is just kind of a perfect storm. And there, I'm sure, are many more lasting effects and so many ways that you could theorize that this event impacted all of these different cultures and societies. But, I mean, the Roman Empire was a superpower. I mean, we Mm -hmm. all... We all learned about that in middle school or civics or whatever you want to call it. I was going to say middle uh, school. I mean, it's a bit advanced for me. But Aw, that's cute. Mm, okay, moving on. <laughs> uh, but, I mean, we know how massive the Roman Empire was and that it came all crashing down. But to think that something like this, just the Earth having a really crummy couple of years – uh, was a catalyst for that is just so crazy to me. And that we have these accounts from so many different countries from so long ago, all saying the exact same thing. Truly wild. We are all connected. It's so beautiful. No, it's horrifying. Did you listen to a word you just I, said? It's horrifying. I did. I'm sorry. I was trying to end on a positive No. No, that's not the vibe I was. I'm not on that vibe right now. I'm coming off of the horrible things you just talked about. I know. I'm so sorry. And that's the end of my discussion. So uh, there there it is. What a high note we've left it on. Okay, you're right. Now I can see why you wanted to bring it back up here at the end. Well, <laughs> oh, and that's ahead. it. No, no, no. That's I'm waiting <laughs> for you. Go up by all means. I don't have anything else. That was it. Um, I mean, we're all still here. So that's the positive, I guess. That is true. That is very true. But think about <clears throat> how the what the world would have been like had that not happened. Although you could go down a rabbit hole when you when you start thinking about things like that. I know, and I couldn't even begin to theorize what the world would be like had this not happened. I that is just a like the historical component of that. I don't have the knowledge of the ancient world necessary to even begin to start that discussion. No. I don't either, but I do have Disney Plus, and I have been meaning to watch some of the. Um, is it the History Channel? They have they have like series on there, and I've been like, I've been oh, meaning to watch yes. something stuff about Egypt and the Roman. Yeah, oh, it's been on my list. Fascinating. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Thank you so much for sharing that interesting piece of history this week, Moo. Happy to. I thought it was really interesting it's kind of you know right at the beginning of the dark ages uh or at least what was considered i always thought the dark ages was the bubonic plague like 11 to 1300 period but a lot of people are calling this the dark ages i don't know if you should include this because it might make me look really stupid but a lot of people were calling this the dark ages i mean i have no idea what distinguishes Years included in the Dark Ages from those not. If you ask me, a year where the world literally goes dark and cold because the skies are clouded out and the sun is blocked out, I would say that's a Dark Age year. I would consider that a Dark Age year. I agree. And I I know for a fact that some other people did as well. Then I subscribe to that. Perfect. Well, that is the, uh, I don't even want to say it because I have a lisp, the 6th century. (laughs) Oh, God. That was the 6th century global climatic catastrophe. (laughs) 
global climatic <laughs> catastrophe on the podcast Calamity Janes, because you know what I realized? We didn't introduce ourselves this whole episode. Oh, oh no. Yeah. <laughs> All oh, right. Yeah. From the top. Here we go. From the top. <laughs> Do it again. Oh, my Act God. surprised. These are the kinks that we... We'll work them out. We'll work them out. Um, It's fine. It's fine. It's totally fine. I'm Bailey. (laughs) And this is Matt. No, I'm Madison. (laughs) You're Madison. (laughs) And we're Calamity Janes. Please subscribe to our podcast. If you like chaos like this on a semi-regular basis, like, what do you say, Moo? Once a week? I think we're going to do once a week. Oh, God. Please subscribe (laughs) wherever you listen to podcasts. And if you enjoy it, Please review us because it helps us out. Thank you so much. And we'll uh, talk to you next week. Goodbye. Later, dude.